Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You are about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions in Oklahoma City that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. He's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, property manager, and residential broker who's worked with clients from all over the globe to help achieve their real estate goals. This program will help you gain the much sought after hyper local information that's vital to making real estate decisions, whether you live right here in the city or across the country. Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Here is your host, Landon Witt, with this week's daily market update. Welcome to episode 19 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, with all the rain coming to town, we've got structural shifting happening. Record rains in both September and August. Most rain we've actually ever had in that two segments have led to uh, more settling. So you might be noticing in that in your home. We've got Neil Jester on the show today talking about how to spot those cracks and crevices and what to do after that occur in your house. But first, before we get into the market and the regular news, rate hikes, federal rate hikes, the talk of the news right now. Is it a concern for the Oklahoma City market? Well, let's look at the overview right now. Let's get right to the numbers from the CNBC Fed survey. Uh, 3% this year. Now, that's up. We're doing this year over year, by the way. That's up a half a point over the course of the year, this outlook. Inflation, 25 That's also up about, call it, 30, 40 basis points. Unemployment ticking down to 3.8. Look at 2019. It's not a typo. It looks pretty much like it. Just down two-tenths on GDP, so not much of a slowing at all. Still well above where we're. 2017, we did 2.2. Inflation about the same. Another tick down in unemployment. Jack Kleinhans, one of our survey participants, chief economist for National Retail Federation, says rarely are so many economic gauges of the U.S. economy so strong, including employment, income, retail sales, business spending, manufacturing, and small business. As a result of the bright sun from the economy, it's hard to see the dark clouds. So recession chance just 14 percent. That's pretty low as these things go over the next 12 months. There are two major threats out there. One, protectionist policies, still the number one threat that you can see that was halved. Why? Because more and more people are starting to be concerned about a Fed policy mistake when it comes to interest rates. That is the number two choice, 22 percent doubling since the last survey. People like Mark Vittner, managing director and senior economist at Wells Fargo, write, the one risk that I worry about is the economy appears to be in such great shape that the Fed may opt to move a little more aggressively. That may prove to be a mistake, as much of the exuberance in the economy is built around expectations the Fed will raise rates slowly. So guys, the question is not for this year. Two rate hikes expected this year, one in September, one in December, two more next year. And the question is, does the Fed sort of feel its oats, so to speak, and get a little more exuberant on the rate hikes along with the exuberant economy? With the Fed meeting over the next two days, 
mortgage professionals are concerned that we will experience an interest rate rise. What does that mean for Oklahoma City? Well, Oklahoma City is a relatively linear market, actually a, a textbook linear market, and that meaning that our market is very, very consistent. We have very little drops and peaks, and even at the, the lowest part of our recession, we experienced a 7.5% drop, uh, whereas other markets were 20, 40, 50, 60% value loss uh, in some of the cyclical markets. So what does that mean to you in Oklahoma City markets as far as mortgages are concerned? Let's look at some numbers here. On a $200,000 conventional loan with 5% down, which means you're paying the private mortgage insurance, you're looking at today's rate being 4.87%. Okay, that comes out to a monthly payment including insurance and taxes at $15.90 per month. So today, if you put an offer in on a home and you locked in a rate with a prime credit score, you can look at getting that 4.87% interest rate, $15.90 would be your payment. Let's say the Fed hikes a tenth of a point and jumps it up to 4.97. Your payment would then be $16.02 in that same scenario. $16.02 in that same scenario. Not much difference, guys. We're talking in our market, $12 more. Is that a deal breaker? Is that gonna stop you from buying a house? Probably not. So in our market, not so much adjustment. However, hey, look, if they get crazy with it, right, and they go up a half a point, let's say up to 5.37% interest rate, ooh, big changes. You're looking at that payment now being 1649 per month. That's a $60 increase or a $59 increase. So. Kind of keep it in perspective here when you hear the national news, mortgage rates are, are climbing. We're really not too affected in our market until we get to those bigger uh, you know, home prices and stuff. But our average home price is somewhere around 140,000 in this market. So the numbers are even better than that. So in terms of an economic stall in our housing market, not seeing it happening. On to the markets. If you're just tuning in, I'm Landon Witt, license number 174290. Market data provided by Oakmar. We're brokered here at Metro First Realty. Corporate offices here in Oklahoma City. Active this week, 181 homes coming on the market the last seven days. Pretty good stuff. We're actually up the week before last, so more entering, not too bad. Our average uh, list price coming in at 182, $182,000. Um, the average per square foot is $101 per square foot, with that maximum being $356 a square foot. Getting up there on square foots. Moving into the REOs, I want to talk about them first before we get into the sold for last week. REOs that were sold, which is real estate owned by the bank, these are rehabbed homes, or homes that need to be rehabbed. REOs sold last week, uh, nine. That's actually up 50% from the week before of six. So we're moving the right direction on REOs uh, gaining in uh, inventory. We've been just really low historically uh, on REO inventories. Uh, that median day on the market uh, was 21 up from uh, our down from 24 last week. So um, on your per price per square foot, 
Uh, last week's average are, was $50.54. $50 .54. Uh, the week, this week, or excuse me, last week, $35 a square foot. This week, $50 a square foot. That's an increase of 42%. The prices of these REOs is going up in terms of averages there. Um, we're looking at uh, the list median of the last uh, seven days at 70,000. Week before last was at 42,000. So uh, this last uh, negotiation period, you were looking at about $70,000 uh, being what you're gonna spend to get into that REO. Uh, we're gonna be working on a metric to see what our flip uh, profit margins are on average. Well, we don't know exactly the profit margin because we don't know how much you guys are spending on flipping them, but we can tell you the buy-in price and the exit prices on average. Uh, that's a metric coming up uh, on further future episodes. Sold last seven days, 94 homes sold this week in Oklahoma City. Week before last, 148 definitely seeing a transition coming there um, when we're, in, we're nearing the end of the month, but that's not why. So uh, interesting uh, shift there. Uh, that's a decrease of 36% uh, week over week. Again, um, we're one of the rarities that actually give you news week by week. Um, once we get to the end of the month, we get more of an aggregate of how the month went by. Uh, as we go week to week, they do fluctuate, uh, but if you want to know when it's happening, as it's happening, this show is the place to do it. Um, average days on market this last seven days, 33 days, 33 days. Week before last was 27, so we jumped up 22% uh, uh, longer to sell a home uh, than the week before. So if your home's sitting around that 25-day uh, market or days on market, you're still good. Uh, it's not until we're seeing that 30 uh, are over that we start to kind of hit that red zone where it's like, mm, maybe it's overpriced. Mm, maybe there's some things that could be adjusted on the home to get it to move. Um, as far as the um, list price, uh, we're looking at the last seven days, the median, which again takes those outlayers and just focuses in on the, not the ones that are just crazy expensive and the ones that are crazy cheap, but the average, the, the median, the, the meat of the homes or the center there uh, is 149 list price and a 146 close price. That's a uh, uh, discount of 2.18%. I think last week was 1.7%. So we're getting a little steeper on the discounts. And that's important because if you're selling your home and you're wondering how, what's the average discount uh, people are getting over the list price? Uh, well, there it is folks, seven or 2.7%, no, 2.18%, keeping you guessing today. So 2%, uh, if that's uh, 100,000, that's uh, $2,000 and 18, uh, 2018, 2,180. My math is slipping me today. <laughs> okay, um, going on to the uh, houses of the week. Got one here that really uh, pulled my attention. This house is uh, listed for 289. It's actually in between the two categories that we cover. Uh, we cover the 750 and below and 250 and below. But today I only really want to pick up this one. It really just caught my attention because uh, first off, it was built in 1908. 
uh, Oklahoma became a state, and I think it was 1907. So 1908, this was right at the very beginning of Oklahoma's um, statehood. Um, this one has an interesting feature to it. Um, the address is 1731 Northwest 40th. So if you're on your desktop, you can search that in your Google search bar. Go to okcreal.store and you can check it out there. 1731 Northwest 40th Street. This is uh, what to do if you've got wood paneling in your house and you want to keep it, uh, but want to know what you can do with it. This gives you great ideas on that. Uh, they have done a dark stain or dark uh, paint over the top of the uh, wood and it really looks good. It gives it a nice, rich, dark, modern look, um, but keeps the wood. So for those of you wood connoisseurs, I mean, I just totally see a fire going uh, in the fireplace and a bottle of wine uh, being opened in this house. Um, just a real warm feel to that home. Uh, and again, it's got the, the original wood floors too. The bathroom has been completely redone in the master with a, a really modern look that incorporates both the granite or marble countertops with the wood in close proximity. And then adding that tile um, the gray uh, contemporary tile really sets it off. Get a good deck in the backyard as well as a two-car garage in the back. I want to check that one out. 1731 Northwest 40th Street. And hey, look, it's a four-bedroom. Four-bedroom, three-bath, 2,500 square foot, built in 1908 for 189 That one's listed by Carla Splangard, local legend in, in historic homes. Uh, she's over there with Remax. So good stuff. Um, I want to get to um, the news today. Interesting article um, coming up on Airbnbs. I've been talking about this for a while now uh, to those investors who call in and they're like, Landon, I want to do an Airbnb. I, I want to buy this house and convert it to an Airbnb. I've always been a bit hesitant to jump 100% on board with that because Airbnb is such a taboo topic for regulation right now. Um, I think some uh, legislators want to see Airbnbs succeed and want to have homeowners be able to get extra cash from renting out their extra rooms and their extra spaces. And when they uh, go away on vacation or whatever, they can even make money off of renting the entire house out. Uh, as long as you're paying that 5.5% lodging tax, which um, the state has talked about and the city, uh, having you register a $25 registration fee and that gets you signed up for or gets you in the system for that lodging tax, uh, which would be 5.5% of the total um, charge that you have. Um, I don't think it includes the cleaning fee, but just the, the actual fee to stay at the, the home. Uh, but here's the twist. We've been waiting for this. Council to consider restrictions on home sharing in two historic neighborhoods, Heritage Hills and Edgemere Park, two very prominent historic neighborhoods in Oklahoma City, are talking about closing the doors to Airbnb, is then telling you as a homeowner, you cannot do an Airbnb in your own home. Councilwoman Meg Saylor, 
who represents Ward 6 in central Oklahoma, has introduced the amendment that singles out Heritage Hills and Edgemere Park, these properties known as, as historic and increasingly expensive homes, and wants to require residents there to obtain a special exemption from the Board of Adjustment. And if they do get the exemption to the ban on Airbnbs, they will have to be present during the entire rental period. That's wild. So what that does now is that makes it to where if you want to rent out an extra room for, let's say, the new conference center that's coming in, and we're going to have a lot of people coming, uh, then uh, you have to get a special permit and you have to stay there. You can do that. You can rent out your, your room, or if you have a guest house behind your house, you can rent that out, no problem. But if you try to rent your whole house out, which is the big bucks, uh, no way is what uh, Meg Salier says. And it's kind of interesting. Um, little history on Meg. So Meg came out in November of 2008, or came uh, elected in 2008. She was re-elected in 2011 and 2015, um, and she is ending uh, her the end of her term, and the word on the street is she's going to retire. So it's interesting that she's pushing for this uh, at a time when she's going to be retiring and not really up for election. So interesting to push for that towards the end. Uh, so we'll see what comes about with that. Keep an eye on that. If you live in these neighborhoods... Heritage Hills, Edgemere Park, and you currently Airbnb, you might want to attend some of these council meetings. You might want to voice your concerns again to Meg Saylor, Oklahoma City Councilwoman, Ward 6. Let her know you want to do Airbnb and why. Okay. A lot of controversy around Airbnbs. Um, so um, I think that, that home sharing is not going to go away. It's not, uh, it's, a, it's here to stay, but um, with these regulations, yeah, they're going to come into play. And it may be good and it may be bad, some of it, but you need participation. So get involved if you're in those areas. Ward 6, again, up for, uh, and I think that's coming up in the fall. So stay tuned for that. We'll be reporting here on the OKC Real Estate Show as Airbnbs are coming under attack in the historic district. All right. Without further ado, on to the guest for today's show, N Neil Jester of OK Foundations. We're getting into uh, foundation land with all the weather we've been having, super, super rains. I mean, I think the most rain we've ever had in September and August spanning together uh, ever. There's never been a recorded time that's had more rain than this September and October of 2018. So that means we've got a good potential for a lot of homes to settle more. So you may be noticing your doors maybe don't shut right or the house is creaking a little different. Um, if that's happening and you are concerned uh, or if there's some cracks discover you've just discovered that man you know that wasn't there before uh you can call neil and have neil come by and take a look for absolutely free give you uh his opinion uh who he's done tremendous uh, amount of work uh doing structural repair or you can pay a structural engineer who we're going to have on next week's show 
to explain how his process works. Uh, but I wanted to bring that to you guys first and foremost here on the show because, again, we're getting a lot of shifting coming up. Uh, and also there's some some just confusion on when I buy a home that's been structurally repaired. Is that home messed up? Should I buy a home that hasn't had a repair? Um, so clearing it up here on the OKC Real Estate Show, here's Neil Jester from OK Foundation. Well, Neil, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Pleasure having you uh, here today. Uh, important topics we're talking about here. Um, I think everybody who lives in Oklahoma has probably had this question once or twice, and people that have maybe even heard about Oklahoma now that we're the seismic capital of the planet. Um, so when a home is constructed and, and goes through its life, there's going to be settling in any part of the planet, right? Because the soil moves. Um, why? Well, first off, let's learn a little bit about yourself. So for those that may not know you or your company, could you tell us a little bit of a history about how you got into this line of work, what you've done in the past? Sure. Um, the majority of my working career, I've been in sales and customer service. And several years ago, I had the opportunity to get into the foundation repair industry on the sales side and with that I was given you know a small amount of knowledge on how things work and really was kind of pushed towards more of my sales techniques and things like that to uh, go out and help I was helping another company at the time grow their business and um, transitioned from there um, you know, as, as, as you grow yourself and, and things like that, uh, I started working for another company. And, and when I transitioned into the next company, uh, to be a part of that team, I literally had to start at the bottom. And, mm. and, and that meant starting on the production side where not just knowing how the process worked in a sense that you would go out and sell, but actually being able to do the work itself maybe not uh 100 of the manual work that's involved because it is it's 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 hard work uh but actually being on site watching how we go from having a house that's distressed to a final product where you can take a customer and walk around and show them hey this is what we've done and this is where we are so uh kind of backwards I'd say going from sales then into production and now where I'm at where uh, you know I, I I'm responsible for sales and production uh, hmm. now so hmm. well I suppose it was neat though to 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 be selling that product and telling people about the benefits of it and what you can and cannot do and then actually get in the trenches and do the follow through of here's us actually doing it. Um, so wow. So that's that. That's one thing I do like about you is that you really um, have an understanding of what is going to be happening when we start to lift the house or, or manipulate the house. I think that's important for the initial conversation. Um, so if you are questioning whether you have a structural problem in your home or not, like 
for example, some symptoms that people may experience in their home is the doors are starting to stick or the windows don't slide properly anymore or they're experiencing visual cracks throughout their house inside or out. Um, and that can happen when the soil dries out and gets wet and these kind of transitions. Um, what what do you um, what do you what's most common in Oklahoma City uh, when you get a phone call that says Neil, I want you to check out my home. I think I've got a problem. Yeah, honestly, all of the above. Um, generally, the cracking in the brick, the stair stepping in the mortar joints, and and the brick actually breaking. Uh, that's that's a really good indicator. It doesn't always mean that you have a structural challenge that is going to uh, absolutely warrant having piers put in, but it, it's definitely a sign of movement. Uh, the separation around your windows and things like that, that's, that's an indication of how things are moving and the amount of movement, uh, the severity of the movement is really what's going to determine whether or not we're dealing with some normal things or we're really dealing with, with, with a structural challenge. Um, you know, we'll see some of these cracks at certain times of the year will be noticeable at other times of the year. These cracks will literally go away. Hmm. You know, and that that just goes back to that the cyclical nature of our soil when it's wet and and everything is kind of swollen up, versus when it's dry and everything is is kind of constricted and falling down and away, and and sometimes you know, we have to take that into consideration and and we'll look at a home with the customer, maybe at that particular point in time we don't necessarily say hey we need to do anything, but we would give our customer. Uh, some advice on how they can monitor that you know some things that they could do let's let's make a mark let's tidy up this mortar joint really inexpensively tidy up the mortar joint something that you could do yourself and now let's monitor it over the next 30 60 90 120 days and if something changes let me then you've, come yeah. back and we'll look at it again and then at that point if we need to then we can address it we don't we don't mm. have to immediately go full-on panic mode you know because a lot of times if we catch these things early enough we may need to do something we may need to address a challenge but if we catch it early enough we can prevent that challenge from getting much worse sure so for those of you that are looking at that crack in your living room or your kitchen or whatever and you're going oh my gosh it's just a reminder of thousands and thousands of dollars that i may have to spend um that's not always the case in fact um sometimes you want to get a company out there to get their opinion on it uh, so that you can know whether to worry about it or not Um, some of these houses are a hundred plus years old and that settling has occurred over you know decades and decades and sometimes it's best to just kind of let it do its thing. So what he's talking about, I think, is really we're marking it and we are then watching to see if it's rapidly changing. Sure. And if it's not rapidly changing, you might watch it for a little bit longer and see if it's even an issue to deal with. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we're talking about some of these older homes, you are going to have the kind of settling the... Uh, what we like to say built-in character that you're not going to be able to make that kind of settlement go back to where it was or when the house was originally built especially when we're talking about you know homes that age mm-hmm. uh, which is a good chunk of oklahoma city absolutely yeah. yeah got a lot of historics around here and also uh, 
let's point out the difference between a crawl space and a, and a foundation uh, or a slab foundation. Um, so these are two completely different foundation systems for a home. Uh, for those that may be novice or maybe haven't purchased a home before, briefly describe what's the difference between these two homes and how does it affect how the home settles? Well, the best way to describe it would be is is your newer homes, uh, are generally speaking, are going to be slab foundations where your home actually rests on the ground. Whereas when we start talking about some of our older homes, uh, homes years ago were built where they were built sitting above the ground which would give you a space between the ground and the floor and you'll see some similar issues challenges with either type of construction but one of the big things is is with the older homes what you tend to see is the sagging in the floors towards the middle mm. and that would be where we would come in going into the crawl space adding additional supports and and you know pushing up on the substructure to, uh, to to relieve the deflection and try to return things back to their original resting place and in some instances we really can depending on the, the amount of deflection we can get those structures to come back to a, to a very good close you know back to where they were in other instances we really have to be very careful because we could damage other things in in an attempt like to breaking windows sure and, sure so what, what i think we're getting to the point of and i've heard this time and time again you know landon this is a house from 1930 and the floors aren't straight and i'd like to have them straight and that's not always the best move um is what i've heard uh and that's because like you talk about if you are to try to flatten out of a floor that has slowly bent over time you're going to end up breaking that floor absolutely uh, most likely so uh stabilizing it and preventing it from further sinking or, or changing is really the goal there i think in a lot of those situations is that is that yep, right you're exactly right um especially when you're talking about a house that was built in the 30s mm -hmm that did not get to its current position <laughs> overnight right and even if you work on this a little bit and a little bit over time for you know you're not going to put everything back to its original place overnight it's it's too much pressure it's too much stress and and again you're you're dealing with gravity mm -hmm. you know gravity's mm -hmm. working on the entire house and when we go in and we're trying to lift on you know the substructure even if we're lifting on multiple points, we're we're not lifting the entire house. Hmm. We're we're trying to maximize the stability of the home, reduce the deflection as much as you can safely, uh, without causing any additional damage to to the other structures of the house, the interior load bearing walls and things like that. You go and you start pushing on those, and you could have negative impact on other parts of the home. Hmm. Again windows busting out <laughs> things yeah, like this uh, it, it it's serious stuff um so when we uh so you know okay so you put the house on the market the inspector comes through and maybe he says hey there's a few cracks uh, i'd really like uh i'd really like a structural engineer to take a look at this place and you uh then the buyer at that point has an option to hire a structural engineer come to that house give them a, an opinion whether that house needs it and maybe they say yes the house needs this then the 
seller or the buyer even can then hire a foundation company like your, yourself to then do those repairs that are recommended through that structural engineer. And then at the end, a warranty is given by your company uh, to then say, uh, you know, the work that we've done, we warranty that work against defect. Um, and then when they go to sell that home, a lot of times that warranty is transferable to the Absolutely. next owner. Yep. Okay, so when we get this question, Gosh, is the home damaged now that it's had structural issues? Do I do I not want that home anymore? I'd rather have a home that hasn't been a, a, a product of structural issues. And here's my question. We have a street. Let's say we're in Crestwood or Linwood, one of the historic, uh, or not historic, but 1930s uh, historical era uh, neighborhoods. And one home on the MLS says structural repairs with lifetime warranty. And the house next to it's on the market, and no structural repairs have been done to it. And a buyer comes and says, ooh, this one had structural problems. I don't want to go for that one. I want to go for the one that doesn't have structural problems. Now, the thinking there is that the house that has not had repairs is free and clear of any problems, whereas one house has already had repairs done and has a guarantee on it. Once repairs are done, is the house worth less or is the house more frail than a house that has not had repairs? Or do these repairs restore it to a place where it's stable and, and a good home? Yeah, I, I would go so far as to say that I would be, now being in this profession myself, I, I would be more inclined to want a home that has had and when we're talking about these older type homes, sure. had the additional 50, 60, stability. 70 yeah. years old. Mm -hmm. Because again, we're talking about added stability. So if you've got two homes in such close proximity of each mm -hmm. other, one has had some, one hasn't had any, um, it, it very well could be that, that the home that hasn't had any, maybe it's also been seeing some of the signs and symptoms, but nothing has ever been addressed. Whereas the home that had the structural challenges uh, were addressed at, at you know at the at the most opportune time. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about adding that stability, uh, redistributing the load of the home to where y you get that extra strength, you know, I, I would I would be more inclined to go that route. And and truthfully, I feel that if foundation repair done properly should not only return the home to at least its original value or current value that it's at now, it, it, it could even potentially increase the value down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's where uh, I think a good realtor and a good inspector will know the difference there. Um, our soil, our bedrock, from what I've been told and from st some studies and some geologists, we have tons of geologists in this town, believe it or not, uh, with Chesapeake and all these oil and gas, uh, Devon Energy and all that, they hire geologists, a lot of them, to interpret their data and their digging and their oil stuff. And what I've been told is bedrock, which is like the solid core of the earth, is about 700 feet below the surface here in Oklahoma. So we end up getting a lot of variation in the topsoil because it's not very compacted. So when we have super 
dry summers, you know, that the soil really dries up and, and shrinks, you know, and causes voids. And then we have super wet bouts of rain following that and with a big rainstorm comes through and just dumps bucket loads of water like we've been experiencing this last month. The soil moves around a whole lot and then it can create all kinds of issues structurally. I don't know. I, I know some of our listeners can experience that after a big rain. The door starts acting up and it wasn't acting up before and it's now rained and now you get the door, you know, making all kinds of crazy sounds or jamming up. You can't even get your closet door open. And that's because of that rain. The soil changed and the house flexed, especially in a crawl space. So when a home has been through a structural evaluation and has these peers and has a lifetime warranty, that is a company that has gone through and updated that home to current standards on structure, whereas a home that hasn't been repaired. So don't be afraid of a home that you see for sale that's been structurally repaired before. Obviously, if it's not a reputable company, that's a different situation. But if it's a reputable company offering that transferable warranty, hey, that's a great deal, especially in our area. Um, do you worry at all about torn or uh, earthquakes? Is that something uh, that you you get dispatched out for? Or? Yeah, and and the reality is is that foundation repair has been a, a thriving business in this state long before the seismic activity put us on the map. For you know, um, I think a lot of times what happens is is that the earthquakes will heighten people's awareness of issues that their home is experiencing that maybe they might not have noticed before. Mm. Uh, For instance, we have uh, a shake and you're thinking about it, you're talking about it, it's, it's very active on social media and you go open a door in the interior of your house and it makes a funny noise or it doesn't open the way you thought it did before and now all of a sudden is this earthquake related you know uh, but again we've been having settling issues in this part of the country for as long as we've been building homes here Mm -hmm. again that's back to the soil soil composition and there's not much we can do about that folks um there's there's pad preparation i think they do a new construction where they can add in some additional soil and they can try to pack it down further but even then a lot of these builders, unless you add uh, double-layer steel-reinforced rods and, and cables systems through it, you're really up against the same deal. So even in new construction, uh, you might want to push for that 5- and 10-year foundation warranty that the that the builder can offer just to get you past that initial settling of that, of that lot. Um, well, Neil, um, wow, it's been good. It's been informational. Um, just before we go here, walk me kind of uh, quickly through what a peer is, uh, and and a peer is what they'll recommend, right? Yep. When, when you when you need to lift a home or stabilize a home, what is a peer? How does it work? And what are some types of peers that that can be installed on a home? Yeah. Now, when when we're talking about an actual peer, um, there's. <clears throat> you're going to have the type of pier that would go on the foundation of the house and then uh, some terminology would refer to as a pad pier or a base pad and that's what's actually going to go in your crawl space. So when when we're talking about a pier, um, we're talking about, say for instance, a steel pier. There's several different types of piers. Uh, primarily in, in, in this part of the country, you're going to find steel and concrete. Um, 
Concrete piers are a little less expensive. They do work. Uh, steel piers are a little bit more expensive. They also work. Um, typically, what to get a pier into the ground, um, you have to use the weight of the home as your resistance, and you drive material uh, down as far down as you can go. And uh, again, going back to what you said, talking about bedrock, there's really no set depth as to how far we can go. Um, some houses will allow us to go much deeper. The soil composition, um, things like that will allow you to actually go deeper. Uh, and then there's other instances where, you know, you could get, say for instance, eight, 10, 12 feet below grade and, and you'll run into some type of uh, shale or or something hard enough that you're going to get the resistance to a big boulder a big <laughs> boulder to where you can push off of a it. casket exactly so <laughs> Oops, sorry grandma <laughs> yeah know, I mean, indian I, burial ground underneath your house absolutely you know? yeah I, I i typically tie in ruins uh think about a pier uh, essentially as a stilt you know underneath your foundation it's it's far enough down that it's hit you know grandma's casket and you push off of it until you get the recovery that you're looking for or as much recovery as you can safely but now at that point we've achieved the stabilization that we're looking for um you know we can't always guarantee recovery you know we have to let the house tell us what we can and can't do recovery being recovering to original build standards yep, you got it sure. you got it and and in some instances you know again we're, we're talking about big pressure you know in small spaces um in an attempt to close a, a one-eighth inch gap in a brick veneer if if we put too much pressure in one area of the house we could really do some damage so typically the way i word it with my customers is, is reduce the deflection as much as possible safely mm -hmm. without creating any additional structural challenges that, that may pop up down the road because once we're structurally sound at this point it's cosmetic right you know, and these That's cosmetic right. issues That's can right. be addressed really sure. simply and a lot of times it's separately by a contractor yeah, yeah. drywall well, paint even buddy. something as simple as uh caulking around windows that's something that a homeowner can do uh mortar work is is relatively inexpensive and a lot of times homeowners can do that too um uh, reinstalling trim boards you know a lot of these cosmetic repairs a lot of these things are things that customers can do you know some customers are more inclined to do things like that and others are more inclined to hire somebody to do it but a lot of the cosmetic stuff that comes along with a foundation repair uh, a good chunk of it can be done by the homeowner Sure. And that saves a tremendous amount of cost. And it's also important to note that it's not a structural deal. I mean, really, like you said, if it's, it's, the house has been stabilized. The rest of it is just, you know, I mean, who's to say that it has to be perfectly straight. You exactly. know, I mean, I look at the oak tree out front. It's not perfectly straight. Exactly. You, know, you look, you know, right angles, that's a human thing. You know, you don't find many right angles uh, in nature. So, uh, Neil, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you We're very about much out of time, for having me. So it's been great. 
great. Uh, please let us know how can people get a hold of your you and your company. Yeah, the uh, the best way to get me, you can call us directly on our office line. It's area code 405-441-1643. Uh, you can get me at info at okfoundations.com. Uh, send me an email. Uh, you can give me a buzz. You can shoot me a text message. You can check out our website. It's okfoundations.com. There's a form on the website where you can actually request a free evaluation. Um, You know, something that I would like to tell everybody that if you have me out, I don't always have bad news. A lot of times customers will have me come out and, and, and we're looking at these challenges and, and the reality is, is that it's not a structural issue. And if that's the case, you know, I'm willing to put my reputation on the line and say that, that we don't have an issue. And I've, I've worked with a lot of folks buying and selling homes that have had me come out and, and we didn't need to do anything. And, and I would write up a statement on company letter hand, signed, sealed and delivered with, you know, I'm giving you my reputation saying, hey, we do not need to do anything. Uh, we never charge for evaluations. Even if we look at the same home more than once, we never charge to do evaluations. Um, for 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 my folks in the the real estate industry, you know, I would say typical turnaround twenty four to forty eight hours. If from you know, you call me and say, hey, I've 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 got a timeline. Your deadline is my deadline. So if you reach out, we'll I'll do everything I can to make sure that I help you meet your deadlines as well. So uh, yeah, the office line is 405-441-1643. And if you want to email me directly, you can just uh, info at okfoundations.com. And if you're looking at getting a, a structural engineer out there, um, you can expect to spend anywhere between three and $700 uh, or more to get a structural engineer out there. So this is a great in-between of if you're not quite sure what's going on, uh, you can get Neil's opinion on the place because it may only need just a little bit of repair. And instead of spending six and $700 getting a, a full-blown mock-up, uh, you can just fix the nip in the butt, the small things, and guess what this guy has been doing repairs from those engineer reports for his entire career so most likely he's going to understand uh, exactly what the engineer is going to say anyways so uh, not a not a bad option Uh, neil thanks again for coming on the show thank you for having me today And that concludes episode 19 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. You got questions, comments, concerns, you can email Landon, L-A-N-D-O-N, at OKCReal.com or visit us online at OKCRealEstateShow.com. There's a message box at the bottom. You can message your questions or leave us feedback. Love to hear from you. You guys have a great day.